Um, well, thank you guys, first of all, for welcoming me. Um, I'm very honored and excited about what God wants to speak today. Um, I know that, you know, you guys, obviously, we love the resident apostolic gift that Chalice is to all of us. And so uh, when she does need to go away, for whatever reason, um, she trusts, and I'm, so, I'm honestly humbled that she trusts enough that I could step in or Catherine could step in or whoever it is that she knows the Lord said, have them step in, you know. And so I know God has a word for us today. Um, he's been speaking to me, as Catherine said, I took a month off. And thank you for those of you who were praying for me. I felt the prayers. I really did. Um, it was interesting because at the end of the year of 2014, the Lord spoke very clearly. And it was interesting because I called Catherine. It was right around... I want to say it was somewhere around the Christmas time. I don't remember if it was before or after, but I do remember very clearly standing in the entryway of Walmart talking to Catherine <laughs> on my cell phone because I felt like the Lord had said, step back. And I was like, God, what? I don't understand what that means. I mean, I know because I love what I'm doing here. I didn't feel like it meant go away and don't come back or do any of that. You know what I mean? But it was very clear that there was that, something about perspective that I needed to step back so that I could see more clearly. And, and I don't know if that had, and well, now I do, but at the time I didn't know if that was about uh, see more clearly about what God's doing here or if it was about see more clearly about what God's doing in me. And what I found out was it was both. <laughs> it was both that God wanted to do. And so I, first of all, I just want to encourage and release all of you that if you ever hear a word like that from the Lord, and you'll know it's from the Lord, and this is the way I knew, because I called someone that I knew that I could trust heard from God. And I said, Catherine, this is what I'm hearing. Would you pray about this and let me know what you hear? I trust you. And she actually, before we even got off the phone, said, Galen, the minute you said it, this is what I was hearing and what I was seeing. And before I knew it, God was confirming more than I'd ever thought he would confirm because she was basically speaking exactly the words that God had spoken to me. Okay, now how many of you know that God is good enough and capable enough to have someone get a download that can tell you exactly what he's trying to tell to you? Right? Do you believe that? Because here's the thing, guys. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about this whole idea of connecting. Um, something that God has been stirring in me and showing me is the value that he has for people connecting. It's all over the word of God. It's all over the New Testament. When you talk about new covenant, that's even more important in a sense. Because in the new covenant, Christ created a place where we could all come and be one body now. See, that, what, that wasn't possible prior to that. As much as God loved the Israelites or whoever, and he, you know, obviously has a plan for them, but that, that was old covenant. He, you know, like he would follow them in a cloud. He would be with them. He would speak to them through a person. But there wasn't that, that body that had been created yet. That, that had to come through Christ. You guys getting that? Okay, all right. I think I'm just trying to review a little bit before I get into what I want to say because I had talked to someone, uh, let's see, it was this past week, they were asking me what I was going to be sharing on Sunday, and I said, well, first of all, I don't want to um, even pretend that I can tell you exactly what it is because I don't think God allowed me well, I know he didn't because I'm standing here today knowing, but he didn't allow me to sit down and write out a whole bunch of notes like I'm used to doing when I teach. So what you're going to get today, I'm trusting that it's going to be a rhema word from God. And it's going to speak right to you because it's rhema. And it's, yes, I'm going to come out of the logos word. We're going to read it, but I'm praying that that logos becomes rhema for you. Amen. So we can, we can really learn from that. First of all, um, this morning I got up and the Lord said that I am supposed to give this letter from him 
he didn't show me you, but I think it's for you. And, um, and that's just a little gift from God through me to you, all right? That's all that is. But just be blessed. Enjoy it. Maybe you can get a, a cup of Starbucks or something. Who knows? All right. Um, so first of all, what I'd like to do, the Lord told me that I need to pray first. And it's not because I'm, I don't think he wants me to necessarily pray for me because he's already got me going. But I want to pray for you that your ears will be open and that your spirit would be receptive and that your mind would not be preoccupied. Okay? That's what he asked me to pray. So let's just do that. Just get whatever posture you want to get in to receive from the Lord. Father, I thank you that your word, (laughs) it's funny, it was just said earlier that your word never returns void. It always has an effect. And Father, I pray right now for open ears. I pray for hearts that are receptive, that they're just open, they want to hear from you today, God. And that, Father, that there, there would be an ability even in everyone's mind, Father, to set aside anything that would bring confusion or distraction. And, Lord, that they would hear exactly what they need to hear from this message. So, Father, I thank you in advance. I know you're doing that, Father. We lay that before you. And, Father, I just thank you. You're such a good, good God. And so I just thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Let's turn to Ephesians 4. I, um, I'm going to read from a couple of different versions, but first I'll start in my kind of study Bible here. <clears throat> I know um, since I've been gone, I just, because I haven't listened to a lot of the teachings that Shalice was doing while I was gone, but I do know that she spent some time in Ephesians. And so I may be saying some things that are, I hope they're encouraging you to think even more about what she's already said. Um, But I don't know if she's taken the same uh, angle as I'm going to take, because I think God likes to bring it in different ways, right? Okay. So like I said, Ephesians chapter 4, and I would like to start, there's a lot of things I could start in here, but I just want to start in chapter, or or in verse 11, and I'm going to read for a few minutes. I just want to read this, um, because it'll set the stage for what I know the Lord wants to speak today. So beginning in verse 11, he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom all the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So in this letter, okay, in this letter, just in what we just read, I want to encourage you in a couple of things. First of all, and I know this is very obvious, but at the very beginning of verse 11, it says, and he gave. He gave. Capital H, normally in the written word of God, that stands for what? The Godhead, right? So the Godhead saw it important, actually very important enough to give us people who have these following anointings and giftings, right? So I want to make sure that that is very clear. 
that when we talk about whether it's the apostolic gift, the prophetic gift, whatever gift we're talking about, we understand that he gave them. Men didn't create them. It's not a title that someone decides I'm going to put this title on myself. That's not, that's not how it works. And I can, if you guys have walked very far in terms of your walk with Christ, you've probably actually been in some places where you might have rubbed shoulders with someone that said they had apostolic gifting, but you could tell maybe it was more of what they thought rather than God giving them that, you know what I mean? Like it hadn't been proven yet. You know what I'm saying? One of the things, and I'll just stop for a minute, I'll get back to this, but I want to share a little story with you in my life. From the time, gosh, I'm trying to think. Well, from the time that I came to Colorado, after I had traveled and done my music sort of career for a couple of years, and this would have been, I'm going to date me a little bit, but anyway, about 30 years ago, Um, when I moved to Colorado. And I, at that moment, knew I needed to get under a person. I needed to be covered by a person. Um, And what I mean by that is I wasn't looking for someone to tell me what to do. I knew that as I began to read the Word of God, and it's funny, I was raised in more of a, traditional kind of religious background. And so I wasn't necessarily, let's just put it this way. The way I just read that, we didn't read that much in where I grew up. Because where I grew up, the pastor, he controlled everything. He ran everything. He was the top dog. You know what I mean? He was the CEO, right? And so I want to talk a little bit about this five-fold thing and how it affected my life. I know some of you already, I can tell you have stories too about that. But um, so for me, I had actually, when I moved to Colorado, there was a man in Fort Collins, Colorado that I knew the Lord had said, it didn't, it didn't take me long. And the reason it didn't take me long is because I looked at his life. He had two young ladies that were living in his basement, he and his wife, because God had told him to do it. These young ladies were just incredible women of God, number one. And secondly, he knew that he had to pour, he had to be a dad to them because they didn't really understand what it meant to have a really good, healthy father figure. So I was, when I moved to Colorado, it just so happened that those two girls were part of a band that I had moved to Fort Collins to be a part of. See how God works this? So I get to know, obviously the girls already knew, at least one of them I knew, but the other, I mean, I'd never met the man. His name was Johnny. And I actually, from spending time with him, he had a college and career ministry at the church that they were a part of. I went to that church. That's where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's where I received my prayer language. That's where I got Um, honestly, a better understanding of really what I was called to do and why I was doing it. It's where I figured out for me what it, and this is all about some of the natural things, but uh, I knew I wanted to get a degree in something, like I wanted to get some schooling, but I couldn't figure out what. That In that environment is where I figured out what I would go and get my degree in. And And believe me, that one was a big one because for me, to go to college and spend the kind of time in school, that was huge. <laughs> Let me tell you, because I was not the best student in the world. Let's just put it that way. You can ask my wife. But I, when I got that revelation, it was so good. I mean, I was like, God, thank you, thank you. I knew I wanted to help people, and I knew I, I couldn't just leave music behind. I knew music was a part of who I am. So thank you that you showed me that there was such a thing as music therapy. I can get a bachelor's degree in music therapy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I never knew it, you know. So 
I'm telling you, I went and I, and so I believe that this man, Johnny, he may or may not call himself apostle. I don't even know that he does, but he is apostolic. He, let me tell you, he taught me a lot. He did. And let me tell you, it, just like when uh, Shalise talks about uh, one of her apostles, Pastor Winston, right, in Chicago, and she says, you know, I was with him. I was sort of in the inner circle, and I got to see not only the strengths and the power that he carried, but I did see some things that I had to learn from that were not strengths of his. And so in the same way, I got to see that as well. I was, you know, I got to, I learned both from what he said and did and how he fathered me, but also in what he, and out again, you know, his shortcoming or, or his, the things that were not his strengths. I got to see and learn from those as well, right? And so one of the things that I really want to share with you guys today is that as we read this passage, and I'm going to read it again here in a minute in the amplified version, like Catherine says, because it's amplified. And I want you guys to think about this because, again, something I really want to encourage you in is, number one, do you have, if God gave these gifts there must be a reason why he gave them to us. And if he gave them to us, are, have we actually opened the gifts? Have we actually connected to the gifts? Have we actually submitted? And, and I know that word is hard for some of us because we may have felt like it's been abused. But have we come under, I'll put it that way, have we come under the protection and the shelter of those gifts? Um, that's going to be something I'm telling you that, again, and I'm, please hear my heart on this. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm not talking about organized religion. Okay? Does that make sense to you guys? I'm talking, when I speak this word, you have to understand, I'm not talking about you have to get this in a, in a what maybe is an organized religious way. But I'm telling you, you do need to have this. All right? It's blessed my life. That's just one story. I'll come back and I'll share another story with you in terms of just what that's been in my life. So he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the service to the building up of the body of Christ. One of the interesting, and, and I don't know how you read this, but I know that if we go down and we flip over to chapter 14, and it says this, as a result. So is it, if it says as a result, to me that means God gave us these gifts. They're supposed to do this. So as a result, this is what it should look like if we're connected and under these gifts. Would, would you agree with that? As a result, usually if that's in the beginning of a sentence, it means that he's getting ready to tell you, okay, I've said this, so as a result... This should be, it should look like this, right? So let's see what it's supposed to look like. First of all, it says, we are no longer to be children. What I would say in that is we're no longer to be childlike in the sense, and I don't mean this in the sense of innocence. We're supposed to be innocent. I'm talking about we're not supposed to be, we're supposed to have some solidness to us. We're supposed to have some stability to us, okay? If we're doing the prior, okay, if we're connected, like it said here, if we believe that he gave us these gifts and we're receiving from them like we should, then we're going to be, we're going to be stronger. We're going to be able to withstand some storms, Right? Because we're under, we, we're, we're believing that we're right where we're supposed to be and we're getting that nurturing from that, right? So 14, we're, we're not to be children. In, in verse 15, it's basically talking about us growing up in every way into him. And the first part of it says we need to learn how or we should be speaking the truth in love. What does it mean to you guys to speak the truth? Just anybody, what does it mean? Back here, what? 
So tell someone what they really need to hear, maybe not what they want to hear. What else? Anybody else? Speaking the truth. What do you think of when you hear that? His word is truth. So speaking his word to other people. What else? Okay, so what the Father says. So giving them understanding of what you believe the Father is saying about whatever their situation is. All right. Anybody else? God looks at everybody else. And so um, so when we're speaking the truth in love, we're hearing what God has to say about them, but he's, which is pretty darn encouraging. And we're speaking that to them. Amen. So speaking the truth in love is something. How many of you guys have been reading this book, Keep Your Love On? Anybody been reading it? Okay. Well, for those of you who haven't, I want to read, well, actually for all of you, <laughs> those of you who have and haven't, but I want to read just a couple of excerpts. And it's about this, uh, it's in chapter three, talking about the title of this particular thing is Controlling Ourselves Toward Connection. All right. Do you want to win the battle between fear and love in your relationships? You can start by making these two fundamental commitments. Number one, it's my job to control myself. I do not get to control other people. Let me say that one more time. <laughs> That's a tough one, guys. God's showing me this too. I'm, I'm, I'm working on this. It's my job to control myself. I don't get to control other people. All right? That's the first commitment that we have to make. Second commitment. My number one goal and priority in relationships is building and protecting connection. Building and protecting connection. Building and connecting. Okay? Never forget that scared people are bound to show you their worst. People who feel loved, on the other hand, will usually show you their best. I'll say that healthy communication is all about providing people with honest, relevant information about how their behavior is affecting your life. It's not about judging them or telling them how they need to change. It's about trusting them to do whatever they need to do to protect and nourish your connection and letting them know that you will do the same. There's a, there's a certain element of connecting. Like I said, that's what I felt like the Lord's just trying to get me through. And believe me, I am literally, I don't know if you can see it, but I'm shaking up here because, I mean, this is speaking to me. This is speaking to me as much as I'm speaking to you. There's one other part here. Let me flip the page. You need to have a punishment-free, control-free, fear-free plan for dealing with people who make mistakes, engaging in conflict, and setting healthy boundaries. Yeah. You see, powerful people are actually able to do this. And the Lord has been speaking to me a lot about that whole deal of powerful and powerless people. It's pretty much the first chapter of this book. If you haven't read this book, seriously, guys, I encourage you. It will help you. When I'm talking about connection or connection or connecting, that book really does have some good revelation. It comes out of Bethel with Danny Silk, and um, it's just an amazing, amazing book to read. So... Let me do this real quickly. I want to go to the amplified version, if you guys have that. Get this because this is, I think this has something to say to us here. You guys doing okay? All right, okay. All right, so I'll start. Let's see. Um, 
Yeah, I'll start in verse 11, I guess. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of the flock, and teachers. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church, that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of God's own perfection. Come on, shout. The completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. You guys believe that? That we can be perfect as he is perfect? I want to encourage you, if you don't believe that, that it's, it's true. It is, it is his word over you. Now, are you going to be mistake-free? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that he sees you and has called you from the moment you came to him perfect and complete. That's Because he sees you as a finished work, right? He's not, he's not bound by time. So let's say I walk out today, and God forbid I'm driving. We're going to Denver for some stuff, and I'm driving to Denver, and I get whatever, blindsided by somebody, and I start saying some four-letter words. Some people might not think that's even that bad, but... In my spirit, I would know, hey, I probably shouldn't have gotten that angry, right? See, God knows that he sees me the same in that moment as he sees me right now. Me standing up here sharing with you guys, he doesn't think that this is more important or more, he didn't see me as more loved or more good, right? Okay, so you're getting that, right? So his, his word over us is, You are perfect, right? You're complete. But understand this, what I'm not saying, and I want to make sure this is clear, that you have no more growth that's needed. That's not what I'm saying, okay? But I am saying if you live in the revelation that he loves you the same no matter where you are, you're going to get where you need to go a whole lot quicker. And it's going to be a lot more fun getting there. Amen? Yeah. All right. So, sorry, I got on a little rabbit trail there. Um, The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm still in verse 13 there. Um, Measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and the completeness found in him. So then, and this is where we were just a minute ago. So then, we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine, the prey of the cunning and the cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery and inventing errors to mislead. Rather, okay, so we're not going to be that, but we are, Let's let our lives thoroughly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love. Let us grow up in every way and in all things to him who is the head, even Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. For because of him, the whole body, the church, and all its various parts closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in its functions, grows to a mature or grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. I want to spend just a little, just a few moments here and I'll start to wrap up. I am... this whole thing about being fitted together 
how many of you, let me just, you, know, you don't need to raise your hand. Just think about the answer to this. How many of us in this room have had a not so pleasant experience with connecting with someone or trying to be in a healthy relationship with someone, right? I mean, most of us, yeah. I mean, I would venture to guess that if not all, most have at least experienced that one time in their life. I mean, the ultimate expression of that in our world would probably look like a failed marriage or some wrongly, um, I don't know what you would call, but just let's say a, a business relationship gone bad. Um, I, I mean, those are, those are the kind of high profile things, I guess you might say. But then there's a whole lot of other things, whether it could be just as simply as you were a part of a church where someone started controlling you and telling you what to do and you didn't feel like it was really coming from a heart of love but more out of a heart of manipulation or control. Guys, I've been in both. I know what it feels like. And that's one of the reasons I'm still here at Prayer Mountain is um, I've gotten to see, you know, just like Catherine and maybe even some of you, we've gotten to see that apostolic gift in our life, Shalise, kind of go through some stuff. And she's been very transparent about it. And honestly, part of what God told me this month was that not only was God teaching me, just like what I said happened when I was with Johnny, right, earlier, that God's teaching me through what are Shalise's strengths, but also the things that she's learning, the things that she's growing in. Right? But not one day do I ever feel that she's trying to control me. And, and I'm going to tell you this. For some people, that they might feel that way. And let me explain why. We bring things into relationships. Do you agree with, me, agree with me on that? We all bring things in. And we all have triggers. Right? I got, I've got them. You ask my wife. She knows what they are. <laughs> and the thing is, we br so we bring these things in. So I learned early on that if I expected the person that I was choosing to be that apostolic voice in my life to be perfect, then that was, that was coming out of what I was bringing into the relationship, not what God wanted in the relationship. You get that? Let me say it a different way. Let me just say it one, one different way. So if I'm coming into any relationship and I, my anticipation is that it's going to be my idea of perfect. Yeah, you just said that. Yeah, you, you're setting yourself up not only to be disappointed, but most likely to be part of the demise of that relationship. Because do you see what I mean? You've come in with an expectation of something that cannot be done. None of us are perfect, guys, in the sense that we're not, we don't carry, like we're all a work in progress. Amen? I mean, there's no better way, when you get really close to a person, whether it's through a marriage or whether it's, like I said, just a very close friend or someone that you really know and they really know you, you get to know this, don't you? You learn real quickly that there are things that you really love and you can have fun together, but then there are these few things over here that just, oh, they get under your skin or, man, could you just not do it that way or would you please not do it in this room or, you know, I mean, it's, it's just crazy stuff that we have to work through. And if we've got these sort of exposed triggers, if you will, then what's going to happen is when we come into that relationship, and again, I'll, I'll come back now to this thing with being under this apostolic gift, is if I'm coming in thinking that I'm going to get all this wonderful stuff and all they're going to say is encouraging and everything they do is going to be right on with what I think God wants, and you know what I mean? If I come in thinking that, then I'm not really coming under that gift. I'm coming in as, okay, I want to get all the benefits, right? 
I want to get all, everything you can give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But don't expect really anything from me. Because what, what, when you start to expect from me, that means that I have to love you whether you're doing what I like or not. Just like I was reading in the keep your love on, right? And one of the ways we do that, guys, this is not the only way. Just like when I gave this young lady a gift, that's one way to love someone, right? I don't know about you guys. I love to get gifts. Hey, come on. You know, it's fun, isn't it? I don't know anybody that just like it. You give them a gift and they're like, no, 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 no. I don't want, you know, they might say that, but deep down they're going, yeah, you know, but the thing is, that's one way of loving. Another way of loving is what? Words of encouragement, saying things, right? Another way of loving is doing things for people, right? Maria is a great example of that. Maria will have, will have a meeting or something and she'll call me and say, hey, Galen, can I get your dinner for you? Or Galen, I'm going over to Starbucks. Can I get you a Starbucks? She knows that my schedule won't allow me the freedom to do it, so she goes and does it. That's, that's to me, yeah, it's sort of a gift in a way. It's, she's given me a gift, but it's also an act of service, right? So you got that. I mean, there's just spending time with people, right? It's another way we can show love. And again, you know, if you've read much of the five love languages, that's kind of what I'm coming off of there. But the reality is there's a lot of ways that we can show love. I would encourage you to try to use as many of those as you can. Because for some people, giving them a gift, it, while they might like it, for whatever reason, it doesn't really get deep in their heart as if you like maybe did something for them that they didn't have to ask you to do. Boy, you do that and you've now made a, like a connection, you know? And so we're all wired differently. So if you use them all, you're bound to find one <laughs> that really works, right? Um, so... Yeah, I think one of the things that I was going to say is about words. During my time away with the Lord, he gave me this, uh, just like he just spoke this to me. He said, your soul causes your words to misrepresent my heart. Let me say that again. Your soul causes your words to misrepresent my heart. I'm telling you guys, that's a rhema word right there. That's real. How many of you know we have a body? It's flesh, right? And by the way, I want to say to you guys, I am not sick. <laughs> I, am, I am losing weight because I want to and I want to be healthy. Some, of the, some folks have come up to me and said, hey, man, are you okay? No, really, I know that I've got, I'm just moving towards what I call optimal health. So don't worry about me. I'm feeling great. I'm doing good in the Lord. So, <laughs> but I want to say this again, guys, because you've got to get this. It, when I got this, literally, I was sitting in my chair. Anybody who's been in my house knows I have an office, and I've got this kind of black recliner chair that I sit in a lot of times, and I just lean back into Jesus, and I listen to his voice. And um, I was there. And this, it's when he kind of deposited this amongst a bunch of other stuff. But he said this again, your soul, okay, we've got a body. We've got our soul, right? Which some people refer to as maybe your kind of soulish nature or kind of the things you're, you're, you're wrestling with from the past or whatever, right? That's your soul. And then we've got our spirit, right? We've got the spirit, right, in us, right? And so... What I would say is this, what I felt like the Lord was trying to say in this comment was, son, remember that if you're speaking from that soulish place, you won't represent my heart. You need to, and that's one of the things I've been reading some stuff about how we can actually get to the place where we live, where our spirit man actually overtakes, right? Right? I think it's Andrew Womack that says, I'm one-third wall-to-wall Holy Ghost, right? And I'm telling you, if we are that, which I do believe we are, then we can speak to that part of us and shut down 
right? Now, I'm telling you, this does take practice. Don't expect that the first time you try this, that necessarily it will be as easy as just saying that, okay? You have to consciously think about it. One of the mantras that God gave me last year over my life is live free, love all, be me. Live free, love all, be me. You can take that if you want to. But that is, I know that if I, that's the way I do it, is I know that that's straight from God. So if I'm in a situation, let's say somebody's doing something and I don't like it or it's bugging me or, or I'm, I'm just frustrated with some situation at work or something that I'm doing. If I, if I can just keep that, live free, love all, be me. Live free, love all, be me. Live free, love all. Okay, God, how do I love this person? How do I live free in this? I'm not going to be bound up by anxiety and fear. I'm going to live free. How do I love this person? How do I, who, yeah, how do I be you in this situation? Papa, what do you want to do in this situation? Boy, when I start going there, let me tell you, my response to that whole situation, I promise you, is different than if I didn't do that. Right? So, again, connecting to people. If you're trying to connect with people, and you don't have that revelation, and all you're doing is operating sort of out of your, quote, personality or your soul, so to speak, <laughs> it's going to be hard, guys. It's going to be tough, and it's going to be, it won't, it's going to make it difficult. But let me say this. It doesn't make it any less important from God's perspective. God wants us to be in relationship, not just with one, but with those that he says that we're supposed to be in relationship with, okay? Get underneath some people. Find an apostolic voice. If you're here and this is where you know you're supposed to be fed, then by goodness, please, in your own heart and mind, at least get to the point where you're coming, anticipating that Shalice is going to speak words to you that you need to hear. That's part of what an apostolic voice does. They're, they're an encourager. They, they bring the word of God. I'm not saying it's going to be easy sometimes because if you're speaking the truth, right, whether you're doing it in love. Now, here's the one thing that I've found. Most people, if I said something to anybody in this room and I said it and I did it, you know, with a smile on my face, whether it was hard or whether, you know, it was something that I knew was going to be a challenge maybe for them, they would know that it's, it's being done in love, right? That's important, guys, that we, when we speak the truth, that we do it in love, right? And sometimes, like I said, love looks a lot of different ways, you know? I had a good friend of mine. Actually, it was the guy I was telling you about, Johnny. He had told me that um, it's really important to con always find ways to put change in people's pockets, because there's going to be times when you're going to need to come and borrow some change. And if you hadn't put anything in there, it's not going to be pretty. Because they're going to be upset. They're going to feel like you, again, you know what I mean? So I'm telling you, so into the relationships that you know you need, you know, so where you want to go, right? So where you want to go. I've heard that so many times. It's, it's true. And I don't mean that just financially. I mean... Write them a letter. Give them a note card. Give them a little money. I don't know. Do something, you know, go spend some time with them. Um, call them up or text them and say, hey, you're awesome. You're, you're amazing. I appreciate you. You know, those kind of things. You do those things, you're sewing in. You're sewing in. All right. So here's the thing. No connection basically equals no growth. I know that sounds kind of strong, but it's, if, if we're looking at this scripture with the fullness of what it's saying, that's what it's saying. You know, in, in verse 16, it really gets into it because it talks about how a body works and how that you have to have joints and tendons and you've got all these things that are connecting and you've got all this stuff. And what's it doing? Well, it's, it's forming so that the body can be built up, right, and be strong and be healthy and be able to function the way God wants it to function. See, and one thing that I would encourage you, if you're, you need to be in a group of some kind, 
whether it's a, a small group in somebody's home, whether it's a prayer group that you come to pray together, what, whatever it is where you're, you're sort of engaging in the relational aspect of the body, okay? I think most of you guys are doing that, but if you're not, I just want to encourage you, do it. It will bless you, and you'll get a chance to bless others. One thing that I did see, and in, in at the very end, where was it? It was right here in verse 16. It says, um, according to the, the proper working of each individual part. The proper working. So if we malfunction, that equals either pain or deformed growth. If something in my body malfunctions, it's either going to cause me pain or it's going to cause me basically to be deformed, right? If something's malfunctioning, so if my, whatever, my knee is malfunctioning or something, well, then I'm going to probably either have a hard time putting pressure on that knee, right? There's something that's not going to be, or if there's pain there, right? So I can't do certain things. I'm telling you, in the body of Christ, we, if we malfunction, and the way I see most of the time in the body when we malfunction is we, we, we're, we're more controlled by our triggers than we, than we are by the Holy Spirit. That's what causes us to malfunction. Because we're not, we're, not, we're not functioning like God wants us to function because we're getting triggered too much. We're getting, you know what I'm saying? It's just... It's not, it's not the way that God wants us to function, right? Would you agree with that, guys? That, that he doesn't want us to be malfunctioning in the body, right? He wants us to function well. All right. So in wrapping up, I just want to say to you guys, live free, love all, and be Christ. Be Christ in every situation. That's the way we do it. Chris, would you come up for just a minute and just play a little bit? I want to... Um, those who are in are coming right now to the home group that we have on Tuesday nights. Just stand up for a second. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you can see there's a lot of folks. And we've got more than this. Quite a few of them aren't even here today. I want you guys, and this is not to, I'm not trying to tout our home group. I honestly trust my heart on this. Stay, just stay standing, guys, for a ch- just for a second. There's an element of connecting that has happened in our group. I've watched people cry because they were sharing something that really was meaningful to them. We've had opportunities to speak wisdom into situations that people needed wisdom and, you know, like some insight into. We've prayed for folks that are trying to, you know, get, I don't know, vision for what they want to do. We've talked about the visions of our lives. Um, gosh, we've even gotten to the point where we would listen to everybody's stories, kind of like so we could get to know them, you know, just on a practical level, what they've been through, some of the stuff. And what's really cool about that is most of these guys, we've all gotten a chance to share a little bit of the baggage, you know, that's there, as well as some of the things we've learned and we're growing in and we're thanking God for, right? So here's what I want to do. I'm going to say a prayer, and I want, if you just see anybody, any of these guys standing up, and you just want to go over and grab their hand or whatever, they're going to just, I believe that we've got something that God just wants to transfer to you today. They may not say anything. I'm not asking them to necessarily pray some eloquent prayer, but I'm telling you, if you'll reach out to them in whatever way you want, just turn around or walk over to the other aisle. If you need some encouragement in terms of how you connect to people, guys, trust me, do not leave this room without doing this. So, Father, in Jesus' name, just go ahead. You can move around the room, guys. Father, I thank you that you're good. You are good, God. You are holy, God. You are righteous, God. And, Father, you want every single one of us to connect. Lord, there is nothing There is nothing, God, nothing that should stand in the way of us truly connecting to what you have for us. And Lord, I just believe that there are brothers and sisters in this room that God, they may or may not 
connect to whatever, a quote, life group at Prayer Mountain, that's okay. But Lord, they need to be connected. They need to be connected into the body. And so, Papa, I just pray right now, any hindrances in that, Lord, I break them off in Jesus' name. I break them off, Lord. I break them off, God. And I thank you that they have all that they need, Lord, to be able to lay down their agenda, to enjoy the relationship, to encourage, just encourage themselves and encourage you. And so, Papa, I just, man, you're so good, God. You're so good, Papa. You're so good, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're a family. We're a family, Papa. We're a family. And we love being a family. We love being brother and sister and dad and mom and functioning the way that you want us to function, functioning properly, doing what you've asked us to do, God. And so, Father, for this season and every one of these lives, God, I just say yes to the connection that you want for them. I say yes to the connection that you want for them, Lord. I say yes to the connection that you want for them. Yes, Lord, just show them specifically what that looks like. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. For those of you who are praying, just go ahead and try to kind of bring that to a close if you can.